here we are. This is Sex Love Psychedelics, and I'm your host, Dr. Kat, bringing you psychosexual conversations that will leave you intellectually turned on and hungry for more. Hey, lovers. I have been on a whirlwind of life activity over here, traveling to Egypt and having the incredible opportunity to visit some of the oldest sites and temples in history, feeling the potent power of the ancient civilization and a very real and tactile energy that honestly pulsates in the walls of every location that we would go to. Then I was speaking on stage to a packed house at the Health Optimization Summit in London about sex and psychedelics and where we're going with this in this field, sharing my favorite sex and drug memes while dropping the wisdom gathered from the anecdotal survey on sex and psychedelics, which I will include the link in the show notes here. I was also a part of the largest psychedelic conference here in Denver and developing friendships with some of my idols in the world of sex, psychedelics, and the ancient world. And then all throughout that, I was falling in love with the most incredible human, having the most incredible time of playfulness, sexiness, inspiration, and vulnerability, and having the daily reminder that love can be easy when both people have actually done the work to be able to show up in self-leadership, kindness, and compassion. And now I'm here with my dear friend, Bibi, who I've known for years and watched as her word on the power of energetic lovemaking has spread. Truly, my life has changed when I realized that sex was energy, that it wasn't just this experience of friction between two body parts, but that we could penetrate with the invisible yet palpable extension of our energy. Yes, I do have a cock and it's a big, fat, energetic one. And so this conversation is going to go into the exploration of energy and how it affects our body, our love, and even the vibrance of our own life. There's some juicy practices and practical tips here that I don't want you to miss. Truly, this is how sex is psychedelic. But before we get to BB. For those of you who are in the exploration of psychedelics, I want you to be safe, which is why I created a free guide to support you in taking the time to find the right person to work with. Let's not speed up the process and skip over the very real and important fact around who is facilitating for you. Vetting who you are working with supports your safety and your deepest surrender for healing. I've created a guide for you with the questions to ask yourself and your facilitator, whether that be in sex or psychedelics. Link is in the bio. Be sure to click subscribe, share this episode, and leave me a sexy review on iTunes or Spotify. Now to our guest, Bibi, who is a Vita certified love, sex, and relationship coach, holistic sexuality international speaker, and energetic lovemaking guide. I'm so happy to have you on the show with me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited because I was listening to your show for quite a while, uh, well before I even had met you. So this is <laughs> so exciting to be on the other side now. Yes, we so we met in the jungles of Tulum and Bibi comes out, at, this was at Nomade and she was 
in this luxurious, like long silky clothes and, and like dope ass hat, like this woman, if you've ever been to her place, she's got walls of hats. Like (laughs) your hat game girl is my fetish. Your hat fetish. (laughs) Okay. So hat fetish would mean that you would have to have hats on. You would have to have hats in order to feel turned on. Is that true? (laughs) <laughs> well, no, but they definitely help. Let's say I'm, they definitely help. I feel like a superwoman, and yeah, there is a certain level of a persona. And you know, you you actually did uh, a workshop on archetypes when uh, I invited you to give a workshop in Tulum. So there is this sexy and limitless and fearless BB uh, that, you know, comes online where some of those heads are on. Yeah. That I remember that, uh, that workshop, it was with Josephina bash out and we it's came cool. in and we were wearing pink wigs, these bright bubblegum pink wigs. <laughs> Absolutely. And you rocked those hotel guests world. <laughs> <laughs> there's something, even before we dive into this, you know, our talks around sex, there's something really powerful about, when somebody embodies their, not only what they teach, but they embody their brand and their message and the way they live. And it's just this outward facing, this is, you can see who I am by the way that I carry myself and dress. And, and we recognize you. I recognize you with your hats. I always think of that when I think of you. I totally agree. And that the same when I see you with your tattoos and hairs and there's like a little bit of kink straight away that I can, you know, not just feel from you, but see. And yeah, I always talk about how we dress in such a big way for me, how I express myself. It's an art. Uh, yeah. And I, I see is this that. Yeah. Yeah. I had Nick Unken on and we talked about the concept of self-branding and identity Mm. and your story. And in a little nutshell is that you came from the corporate world and then you found sexuality, you found sensuality. And so if I were to imagine who you were and what your brand and your identity was beforehand, could you give us (laughs) a difference between this? (laughs) When did you come into this? hat wearing silk wearing woman (laughs) yeah and it's funny because sometimes one of my favorite posts on instagram is the before and after and i post photos of myself from 20 years before where i actually look so much older and no one even believes as me but basically um i was not fulfilled and i also sexually so i was basically chasing instant gratification and kind of shallow pleasure and what mattered was what's on the outside and I didn't feel much on the inside so Mm -hmm. blonde hair a lot of makeup I was always really insecure about my small breasts or triple Victoria's Secret push-up high heels I couldn't even walk and be comfortable on so it was all about the outside and not feeling my much pleasure on the inside. And in fact, to really even relax and have fun, I often will have to get drunk, basically, mm-hmm. or at, la- at least tipsy. And then I clearly had no idea about erotic blueprints. And in that time, my most interactions were sexual. Only mm-hmm. now I understand that I'm energetic and sensual. So I was not really experiencing that much pleasure through genital rubbing. 
and faking hell a lot of orgasms. So my branding would be, you know, <laughs> um, a lot of things that I absolutely ditched and don't use today. I hardly use any makeup. I definitely don't use bras and forget about push-ups. I don't use high heels. Mm -hmm. I'm really much more about how does it feel on the inside rather than, you know, how it all looks on the outside. Yes, hats are fun and all this, but again, much more natural. My mm -hmm. almost natural hair color, um, my natural small breasts that I'm so proud of and natural fabrics mm -hmm. and yeah, just coming back to the essence and what feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting juxtaposition to put those two pictures together. And I can even imagine my own evolution and my eroticism and my expression and, and me too. I, I remember wearing eyeliner above and below my lids. <laughs> I would make my hair as big as possible, which I still make my hair as big as possible, but <laughs> I do wear, you know, I, I go a lot without wearing mascara and, and less makeup and it's, and, and I've been getting more and more compliments from clients and from, from, um, you know, friends and things of, yeah, you look softer, you look softer in this. And really the only thing that I imagine is, is changing these outer looks. What do you think it is that, mm -hmm. that contributed to that for you? What contributed for me, and I share this a lot, but I think it's so important that I don't mind um, sharing it again. Uh, it was my sexual awakening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done a little bit of work that prepared me for all this. Here, Vipassana, Landmark, you know, an ayahuasca ceremony, uh, mm -hmm. San Pedro, and some other things along the way. And then ended up on a workshop where I have a full body orgasm. Mm -hmm. And as you know, once this energy turns on, uh, it just remained turned on. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to have all these energetic um, experiences, full body orgasms by just kissing someone and then full body orgasms by myself without even touching myself. Mm -hmm. And then went to the route of exploring this. So yes, be becoming, you know, taking off all the uh, makeup and the push-ups and the high heels, but also what's important, tapping into my, I call it my own inner erotic glow. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think that this is also a big part of why we are getting all these compliments because there is that energetic erotic glow because we are allowing uh, sexual energy to flow because we own our pleasure because we do those practices because mm -hmm. we play in bed so that was a big contribution to that yeah yeah I think something too that I think about is a lot of the clients that that come to this type of work seeking this is is you know seeking a sense of safety in their expression, safety and feeling. And it's like, how much do we use these outward expression um, costumes or, or and I, I got nothing against costumes or wear costumes or wear makeup. I wear do all of that. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, you know, what's the undercurrent of that? Is it as, are we wanting to make ourselves super desirable to create safety and belonging and, and wantedness? Mm -hmm. And, and, and how, you know, the owning of our own power and our pleasure in our body, how that transforms that. Totally agree with that. Totally resonate with that. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I see where it comes from because I always liked to dress up. But before I was dressing up to get attention and to feel mm-hmm. accepted and to have those bigger breasts. So in the club in New York, I would get hit on. While now it's just like, you know, that sexual creative energy. My Lord, I have so many ideas in my self-pleasure practices for Burning Man outfits and whatnot. <laughs> and I actually even made in my house uh, um, an outlet for that creative energy. Mm-hmm. And I have a walk-up wardrobe and my ritual of dressing up and I get to play a lot living in Tulum. So I put my music on. It takes at least half an hour and I dance and I sensually move and I try mm-hmm. different things on. And it's a really, really sensual, um, sensual activity and not necessarily for anyone else, but first of all, for me to enjoy and allow mm-hmm. that, you know, creativity and juiciness to express itself. Yeah, it gets the energy moving versus it stagnating because we're we're still or we're focused on productivity or getting somewhere that it allows it to breathe more. Absolutely. Yes. Pleasure over productivity. I even remember you had that also in your podcast and it yeah, resonates so much. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in this world where there's a, it can be these parts of us that conflict with that, you know, like you're saying, I take a half an hour to be able to play and enjoy my getting ready, which I do the same thing. <laughs> but then for somebody who's listening to this podcast, they're like, baby, I ain't got the time for that shit. I got to get the kids ready. I got to get my husband ready. I got to get myself ready. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm building a company. Like, what do you say to them? Yeah, uh, what you what I like to say is that it's the saying some time is not something you have time is something you create. Mm. I love that saying. Right. And I am not saying I'm also building a company and I also have a lot of things going on. But um, then you don't maybe have to take half an hour and you don't have to do it every day, but have those rituals at least once in a while and make them work for you. So maybe it's once a week. Great. But at least it's there and you prioritize it within your own context and within your own availability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So thinking of, say. yeah. So thinking of something that's more in bite-sized pieces that would be more accessible, that moves you in the direction without having to be at that destination. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And also you can really start implementing this in every small activity my lord so many of my clients um so many of my clients do their breast massage in the shower or mm-hmm. in the bathtub mm-hmm. uh, and this is one of the favorite way of doing a breast massage because yeah they have two free kids and often they are single moms or divorced and yeah many of them share that that's how they found the time to 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 play with that and it's been amazing mm-hmm So incorporating these practices into things that we're already doing, I like bless my life that I work from home because I do my breast massage while I'm reading things on the internet and just feeling myself (laughs) like, la, 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 la. Yeah. And I, yeah. And probably you too, but I even get to do breast massage on calls with my clients. Aren't we lucky in what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. When, when we're describing to people about this concept of energy. You know, we've used this word energetic love making, energy mm-hmm. orgasms. How would you how would you depict that for someone as it relates to sex? 
Yeah. So actually, we all felt energy. And I know it sometimes might sound a little esoteric or some people might get a little scared. How do I even tap into this? If you are sexually aroused and you just pause for a second and bring awareness to that tingling in your genitals area to this, I don't know, maybe warmth, maybe fire, maybe butterflies, maybe pulsating sensation. That's your sexual energy. And uh, what I'm going to ask you to do, um, because energy is subtle, so we really have to slow down to be able to start fully tapping into it and to actually allow that sexual energy to expand. Mm -hmm. uh, so two things we want to do, we want to slow down and we want to relax. Mm -hmm. Because again, I always say that, right? Sex on average lasts 5.4 minutes, right? In our society. And more than half of men ejaculate within the less than two minutes of penetration, right? So if we are just thrusting and tensing to climax and it's all so fast, there is not enough time for that pleasure, from that turnout, from that energy to expand. And there is not enough time and space for it to start circulating all over your body, right? So you want that pleasure, that turn on to start circulating all over your body, not just pushing it into the genital area. So through relaxing, through breathing, through sounding, through awareness, through movement, um, through slowing down, you will invite that pleasure, that turn on, that energy. Use those words interchangeably if, you know, maybe turn on is less intimidating than energy and allow it to go up and just less doing and more allowing. So less chasing what you believe the orgasm should be and just allowing uh, the turner to flow and observing what happens. Uh, and you will see that first you will start to experience those orgasmic uh, states within yourself. And how I like to call that, instead of having an orgasm, you're going to become orgasmic. Mm. To me, this is a great way of describing it. Um, so it's a prolonged state of being, right? And allowing that. And then the same, the same principles really go to experiencing with your partner. And then we actually know that we can command the energy. So once we're going to add a little bit of focus and intention, uh, then we can start exchanging that turn on that pleasure with a partner. And that's what I refer to as energetic lovemaking. Mm. And my Lord, when this energy starts to float between the two of you, there is really this sense of becoming one. And once you experience it, trust me, you will know uh, that this is happening. And yeah, that's what I refer to as energetic lovemaking, mm -hmm. that energetic exchange. Yeah. How would you describe that feeling of oneness? How would it, it's this feeling of oneness, there is no ego, there is no separation, your heart is just blast open and it's not necessarily feeling like you're falling in love with this person in front of you, but you just are open, you just are love. I know it mm -hmm. maybe all sound a little bit <laughs> cliche, but that's really what happens and uh, um, it's really like being high to be honest, yeah. like being high on drugs, uh, but you get high on your own supply. Yeah. And I love also how we're going on to describe it as a sky dancing. 
So it feels like you are high sky dancing with your partner together and your souls are intertwined and um, and time stops to exist. And it's just this big piece of, you know, extended, um, I don't know, deliciousness. Let's yeah, say. yeah. And I think this is the point in which sex becomes psychedelic. You know, as you're saying, it's like sex on drugs. It's like, it's, this is the, the, uh, or I'm, I'm thinking of the sex and psychedelic survey that I've been doing since, mm -hmm. since September, I have over 600 responses to it. And time and time again, I'm seeing this theme of interconnectedness, oneness, um, disillusion of, of boundaries. So it's, in, it's very similar to what you're describing here. And in my own experiences around energetic love making with my own self, it's or with a partner, it's the same. It's like yeah, everything absolutely. is gone. The deepest meditation, getting lost in the presence, but not knowing where presence is except here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is also why I'm so passionate about this topic, because sex similar is psychedelics mm -hmm. yeah. is, you know, to me, currently in the world, probably the two most important gateways to awakening our society. There is meditation, there's other things, but meditation takes forever and not everyone is disciplined enough while we all have sex, right? And Everyone wants to have a better sex. And to me, my psychedelic experiences were actually very similar to those orgasmic states and equally powerful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 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 How, what would you say are some must have skills for cultivating energetic lovemaking? Like what, what mm -hmm. were, what are the go-to pieces? So I would say, I would say first commitment. And why am I saying this? Because um, I just see so many people saying they want all this, but then they're not really doing anything about it. Uh, and it's enough to be doing something small, practicing something small, and things will start to shift. But most people are not. And even, you know, you, you have an experience online courses, people buy them, they do one thing and then they disappear. Mm -hmm. Commit to this because this tools work, this seeds will be planted, even if you do a tiny little thing, but commit and have a regular practice. And I don't care if it's five minutes, you know, under the shower or longer, uh, but keep on coming back to that. Now, um, I like to say that not to let's tap into the tools and skills that you already have, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this is sex, love, yoga, psychedelics, mm -hmm. and yoga is a big part of your brand from the beginning. So I assume mm -hmm. most people who are listening to this podcast have practiced yoga at least a few times, right? Mm -hmm. You have so many skills already from your yoga class that you can bring to bed. And is it, is it um, intention setting or setting or having time and space? Is it mm -hmm. starting with tuning in? And going inwards, is it bringing conscious breath and pranayamas, right? Is it slowing down? Is it bringing awareness to sensations in the body and just observing the thoughts and then engaging your mulabandhas and engaging your pelvic floor, right? Mm -hmm. All those skills, guys, you already have them from your yoga class, but just most people don't put the two together and don't bring them to bed. 
Mm -hmm. So I like to be very practical. Uh, and yeah, I will just invite everyone to, to bring the same tools to, to your self-pleasure and to love making with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's learning that we do have all these inner resources accessed at our fingertips that we don't have to go out to get something fixed or, or, um, outsource these turn-ons. Yeah, totally. You're not broken. You are not, you know, you don't have to wait till you get 20,000 into investing in a one-on-one coach. Yes. For some people, especially if there's trauma and things, there is more support needed, but, Mm -hmm. but, but there's already tools and skills you have at your disposal and just this slowing down just the breathing and sounding and just engaging your pelvic floor and bringing awareness there you know this 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 tools alone already will shift so much yeah yeah and i'm thinking of the individuals who are listening to this podcast and they be maybe inspired by this style of sex and be like that's what i want in my partnership that's what i want to bring in mm-hmm. and ha- and yet maybe their partner is doesn't want to do that, or maybe they're, they're avoidant yeah. of it, or they don't want to change something or, um, how can you get your partner or invite your partner to slow down or even change the flow of the yeah. style of sex? Well, you know, I love this question because literally just before we jumped on this call, I had a last celebration call for my couples course. And there are mm. 31 couples that just finished, uh, uh, 12 week journey. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful to see, to listen to the partners that were reluctant at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what I always say uh, is, first of all, start with yourself. And I know, again, some of those things we probably heard, but we're not doing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have, you know, predominantly I run courses for women and a lot of women come to me saying my husband doesn't even want to hear about this, especially in the heterosexual relationships, right? Because mm-hmm. so... I say, start with yourself. And what I see over and over again, once they actually become more orgasmic, more confident, more playful, they start to initiate. They start to feel more. They start to have more fun. The orgasms become deeper than the partners are. Okay, wait a second. I see a change here. I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. I want to know more. And then the next step is like, okay, I'm open to actually doing a course around it. So I have witnessed this over and over again. So please don't allow uh, your partner to stop you from doing this work. And I would say, so you cannot force anyone. You can uh, inspire them and then you can invite them and you can support them. So for me, this piece around inspiring is really, really crucial. And trust me if you're gonna start radiating that erotic glow they're gonna start responding to you differently and responding to this invitation differently Mm -hmm. and i I also say one more thing here just also make the other person aware what's in it for them rather than coming from a place oh my god our sex sucks we don't have enough sex you don't initiate enough me just look at hey what's in there for example hey i um, I heard I can give you one hour penis massage and, you know, a beautiful, uh, testicle massage where you can have a full body orgasm. I have no idea how to do this. I would love to worship you and be able to give this pleasure to you as well, or the other way around. Right. So coming from a place of curiosity and, um, invitation 
rather than pressuring. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to put any, we all have sensitivities around being a good lover. We all have, you know, there's these internal messages from our culture around having to perform or do something right. And it's, and it's like, how can we, how can we, um, be in self leadership of our own eroticism and our own pleasure and our own enjoyment in this experience and allowing that to radiate out. It's, I always liken it to, I, I mean, I guess I'll speak to my own personal experiences <laughs> when I'm with new lovers, you know, there's this, um, I create, I drop into my own experience and I'm dancing on their body as if I, yeah, as if I'm in a dance, I'm, I'm in this movement of circulating my hips and, and writhing and moving my own self. And it's fun to see how there, and especially if there's music to help with the, with the, the beat to the rhythm, but to see their body fall into rhythm with mine. What is interesting though, too, there's been a couple of times when I've been met with a fighting power of the other person. And it's, it's almost like this, um, power struggle and not because I'm trying to make them do anything, but they're in the mind to make me do something, Mm -hmm. whether they're trying to make my hips move or make me orgasm or make me and it's jarring (laughs) and you know what's my experiences that's interesting is that since I'm really um embodied in in my own sexuality and really playful and really Mm -hmm. authentic I started to from the get-go attract different types of lovers and Mm -hmm. I swear to god um like several in a row happen to be in tantra already or they just started and they're practicing non-ejaculatory orgasm and all the things and sure. they usually are actually curious and uh and they're like, oh we want to be your guinea pig for all the courses and things so it's interesting for me to observe that i definitely started to attract uh different types of lovers and it's been a while that i haven't had that um that experience interestingly enough sure sure I, of course and it's just i think this is speaking to you know the the collective around the totally, woman totally. who's owning her power and the cultural dynamic that can occur where men are positioned to be the ones who know how to have sex to be the Absolutely. ones who get her off and and the fight of that you know can totally. i be in my own sovereignty and my eroticism being met with the, yeah, the patriarchy (laughs) or being met with, yeah, just cultural programming around that. Yeah, uh, totally. And, you know, I also think it's, it's important how we go about this because I also went through a period that I would enter the bedroom and I know, and I'm going to show you and I'm the teacher and, you know, sometimes it worked and sometimes it backfired. Uh, But there is another way of which, you know, I softened into, uh, which is more uh, for rather than showing, just more playful and also allowing them more, not just immediately coming with the whole, (laughs) this is how we're going to do it, uh, but really allowing them to express themselves and then really pointing on what I am enjoying and yeah, so this is also an interesting balance that we want to become aware of where, mm-hmm. where we come to this place. When did you when did you notice that you made that shift or what do you think contributed to that? 
what did contribute to this? Interesting. So I think um, I would say one thing that there is to it, I'm going to say, is the following. I started to have much more uh, deep, deeper, more insightful, honest conversations mm -hmm. before I even go into sex. And I also actually started to have those sensual dates that I talk a lot about. So I would invite um, men. I also went on a couple of dates with women, but mainly men. I would invite them on sensual dates and I would say, hey, I'm not ready for sex yet, but I would love to sensually engage and a bit of a breast massage. We're going to stay with the underwear on. And um, how do you feel about this? And this opened the door to much more slowness, much more a different type of deeper connection and understanding. And I think, you know, when we went from there, I was feeling much more, uh, if that worked and we progressed and we moved further, I felt much more safe and therefore I could surrender more and, and trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So creating that, that sense of safety allows mm -hmm. for all of our, the protector parts in us or the, um, to be able to fall away so that we can be more authentic in our expression. We don't have yeah. to fight the power. Probably. And, you know, those sensual dates for me are really my, one of my favorite discoveries because it's just changing the, the changes, the quality of the dynamic, mm -hmm. uh, when they know there will be no penetration and no sex, there is so much pressure off and there is more exploration and there is we get into doing different things that often they never done before and they already get to learn my erotic expression my erotic language through this uh and yeah and then when it comes to actually sex later on uh it feels much more mm, aligned safe um connected <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and looking at your, the breadth of your journey since your revelation that sex is energy, mm -hmm. like right now you're describing about your sexuality and it's just this breathing model. It's just flowing and fluid and you are vibrant. You are very, you have a lot of vibrant energy and, 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 um, um, I, I feel effervescent, you're bubbly. <laughs> you are this, this bubbly drink. <laughs> Thank you. Because funny, that's exactly what I would say about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you sexually awaken, right? But that's the question that I want to bring here too, because there's so many individuals, um, all of all genders, who struggle mm -hmm. with exhaustion, who exhaust, who struggle with low vibrancy. And if we think about along this journey. Have you been able to identify ways that you used to leak energy or you used to, to leak out this vibrancy? Absolutely. And I'm just, you know, this, this example is very alive for me. I, um, we had a conversation about this. There is a challenge in emergency in my family. So I had to fly yeah. to my hometown. I moved out of here more than 30 years ago. It's a town in Poland where I don't know anyone. I'm in my parents' house. The food is not great. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, kind of came here and week in, I noticed how I was leaking the energy because number one, 
I didn't have my routine. Number mm-hmm. two, I wasn't eating healthy. Number three, I wasn't moving my body. Number mm-hmm. four, the TV was, it's, it's always on here. And already that just caused anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have my favorite small I didn't do my pleasure practice because, you know, I am in my parents' house and I didn't have the little sensual pleasures of the day, like my matcha latte, for example, because I couldn't find any in my hometown. It's simple. But once I weekend, I was like, okay, am I going to allow, and I started to be low on energy, my vibration low. And, you know, luckily we have all the tools and awareness and few days in, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to let myself slip. And I, I, I kind of created uh, that environment uh, where immediately I joined the gym, hired a trainer. I found a place with healthy food. I dragged my dad going bicycle and I uh, found a place where I go for my chai latte. It's my sensual ritual. And I go there every day and just savor my favorite chai latte and I announced to my dad that I'm going to do a self-pleasure practice <laughs> once, <laughs> once a week. And that's a me time. So I, I even set up a pleasure altar here in what is his office uh, and my room now. Uh, and, you know, all those little things um, brought my energy back. Mm-hmm. And it's really holistic view and then when you look into the the what we really are talking about here and offering coming back to my regular pleasure practice mm-hmm. for me is key because simple what you don't use you lose and it was easy to just stop doing it and start dying on the inside and trust me you know with all that I'm going through here I wasn't not necessarily in the mode of self-pleasure uh but I showed up and I was okay. Maybe this self pleasure will be more of a healing or emotional release quality. Uh, and maybe I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna come back and revive this ritual. And for me, routine and rituals is something that is so important and energizing and grounding. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that too, and I think it's really important for people to hear that. You know we have a, we're human too, and we have life experiences and these experiences to see how our eroticism, the energy, our vibrancy ebbs and flows. And, uh, and for us to have the conscious awareness then to be able to, to make the course correction so that other people yeah. can see that too. Um, I, I've similar experience when I go home to visit my family, because not only is there this small, uh, small town in the Midwest, you know, mm-hmm. with all of the, yeah, the different types of food and the different types of, of, um, activities or lack thereof activities, but also, the, I noticed the family dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, going back into our family, our nervous system can pick up their, their, um, oh, yeah. patterns <laughs> and it kind of Hello. really affect us. So for oh. me, I get this experience of exhaustion or, or, um, uh, yeah, I, I feel very lethargic when I get yeah. home, if I don't do that activity. Absolutely. And, you know, I have so many people share, well, I'm in a space that it doesn't even feel like having the pleasure practice. If you look at this moment that I am at when I'm griefing, 
um, someone close in my family, where I'm in my parents' house, where it's gray and this and that. It's not really um, a scenario that you would think uh, is so encouraging of self-pleasure practice. Mm -hmm. But I find it, you know, it's a different way. It's not about spontaneously being horny and aroused and then you're going to self-pleasure. It's actually the other way around. Mm -hmm. It's creating that little space that you can tap into that and understanding that a self-pleasure practice is not always about just pleasure and orgasms, but it's really about feeling, Mm -hmm. feeling all of you, feeling and allowing whatever emotions are present. And sometimes it's going to be a breast massage and a lot of tears. Sometimes, you know, I just recently had a really powerful crygasm and, uh, yeah. So seeing this as a, as a part of your healthy wellness, um, routine or practice Mm -hmm. just, yeah. 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 I put on a podcast, a solo episode exactly a year ago. Um, this weekend, my dad had passed away Mm. and we witnessed, I witnessed the dip in my turn on and my not wanting to be in that erotic pleasure. And when I did do my practice, yeah, it wasn't crazy orgasmic, like ecstasy. It was soft and gentle and loving, um, and, and that still helps. And I think that's what we need to remind people that it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not coming in and then getting an orgasm every time that that can also take us out of the actual pleasure of it, but it's even mm-hmm. just learning to soften and to downregulate our nervous system and just be in that mushy expanded state that all contributes to our eroticism and our vibrancy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And I'm sending you lots of love. (laughs) Yeah. The, the grief piece is really fascinating. I've been in several conversations with Mm -hmm. people since then around sex can be very healing. You know, eroticism can be really healing. And sometimes in grief, we can see, at least I saw during that, that process during the next truly the next six, eight months, I just became a lot softer. I stopped doing as much work. I took a break and I was in that spaciousness. I became vulnerable and soft and mushy, but also incredibly magnetic. I was attracting all these opportunities, all these people, all these men, these, well, and women and, and sexual opportunities. And, and it, and, and I still, you know, I was very choosy of these things, but it, yeah. it was still fascinating to me to see the, the rate of magnetism in that space. I can so relate to this. And it's interesting to, you know, to, to listen to you because I have been receiving those comments as well, that it's kind of like the new side of me that they see that they haven't seen or felt before. Mm-hmm. And I actually also had a beautiful experience recently with a lover where, um, yeah, just allowed myself to just go into complete sadness and have a complete, you know, releasing crygasm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was also so beautiful to have a conscious lover that can just hold such a beautiful space for it. And it was just, you know, so healing, so, so sacred. Mm. 
have tears on my eyes when 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 talking about this. So yeah, this is actually something that I talk also a lot as well. Sex is not just ah, ah, and 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 bliss and ecstasy. It's it's really all of it. And mm-hmm. angergasm and crygasms, if we allow that, to me, one of the most intimate and deep uh, experiences, especially that you can share with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's the full allowance of our authenticity and our expression, whether, you know, yeah, as high as we can go high in pleasure is also the the um, depth of which we can feel the pain and sadness and anger. It's all feeling, mm-hmm. it's all sensation. Exactly. And yeah, and if we want to feel more ecstasy, then we just need to open ourselves to feel, right? And then mm-hmm. it's the full spectrum. So yeah, it was really, really beautiful. And I think, you know, it, it was the, mo- the, the most vulnerable I've ever been uh, with mm. someone allowing myself to, to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's layers and layers all the time. Doesn't matter if you're BB, if it doesn't matter if you're Dr. Cat, we're, <laughs> it's infinite. It is infinite. <laughs> it's infinite. And that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. So a couple of questions from our audience. For those of you who follow me on Sex Love Yoga, you know that I put these questions out to my uh, my guests. So I've got a couple of questions here. The first question is, I'm trying to do a regular masturbation practice, but I get bored after a few minutes. Help. Mm. <laughs> you know how many clients tell me this? And especially <laughs> when they come to my course and I tell them we're going to get into one hour, uh, one hour self-pleasure practice. People are like, what are you going to do in one hour? Right. So my, my advice would be, are you meditating? Because if, you know, get, getting bored, where is your mind? Your mind is wandering. So just really, uh, I would say, um, dive deeper into your meditation practice, whichever meditation you choose, and then bringing that meditation practice to bed. So what actually, for myself, my own experience, what was a huge breakthrough was attending Vipassana meditation, right? Which is a 10-day silent retreat where you really focus all your awareness on little sensations in the body. And after 10 days of meditating daily for 10 plus hours, you feel every little tingling and you're able to really observe your mind and come back and come back. And I think, you know, my lovemaking and self-pleasure since then was taken to a whole another level because I was able to be so much more present with every subtle sensation in my body. So I would say that make your self-pleasure a meditation. Mm, I love that. Okay. And, and yeah, I, I think that is the, the key to be able to have that expanded awareness to be so present to yeah. the intensity that can happen from the subtle. <laughs> yeah. And what I would also do is, is again, the same thing that you do really in, in Vipassana, observe your mind that is wandering, that is telling you're bored and bring it back to a point of touch, bring it back to a point of touch. So let's say if you're playing with your genitals, 
What am I feeling there? What am I feeling there? The mind wanders, bring it back. So that alone will already be a meditative practice, you, where you, which you cannot get bored by if you really, really practice that. And mm-hmm. if you focus all your attention on that point of touch and on that sensation in that point, it will start to expand and mm-hmm. it will start to feel more deeply. And then every time there will be a little more and a little more. And one more thing I'm going to add to this here. I always like to give this anecdote that it's a little bit like in a car. You don't drive from reverse straight to forward. There is neutral in the middle. So often when people give away uh, the intense friction and overstimulation, but they're not yet attuned to subtle sensations, there is this moment of being in that neutral space Mm. where it can get boring at the beginning. Stay there and focus on one little thing that you knew sensation that you felt. Focus on one little thing that you observed, something new, something that came up. And and you will start observing that there's a little more, a little more, a little more. Yes, yes. Trust the process. (laughs) Okay, second question. What can I do if my guy can't kiss? Oh, can't. So it's interesting. Uh, so maybe he's a mean? bad kiss. I'm yeah. assuming that they're saying that he's a bad kisser. <laughs> that he's a bad kisser. Okay. So, um, hmm. I would say what I like to do, let's see, we could play a game of but I love to do this. Let's see. I don't know if it's, it's 100% relevant, but let's see. Let's see. We would have to do a few things and uh, let's see what sticks. So I like playing with the anticipation of kiss. And let's see if you can start playing a game where you uh, come closer and withdraw and then start just touching gently your lips and you move away. So you could almost maybe blindfold him, for example, and you can even come up with a little kinky scene, uh, of course, with consent where you blindfold him when you put his hand back and uh, and then play with the anticipation of the kiss and then allow him to be in full, you know, receiver mode, submissive mode and show him not through telling him, but through practicing on him. I assume it's him. Sorry. Sorry if mm-hmm. it's incorrect. The partner yeah, said guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I wasn't sure. And play with him the way you would like him to play with you. And I would Ask him along the way how he is enjoying it. So let's add a pleasure scale to this from one to 10 and ask him where you at from one to 10. So let's, you're going to also learn what he enjoys and where you can actually meet. So start with the talking about the kiss and dirty talk and anticipation. So a little bit more energetic, then move into the sensual touch, you know, Um, blow at his lips then gently touch them with your finger then gently bring closer your lips then go a little bit more into sexual with a little bit more you know just wet kissing and then go into a kinky a little bit more and start a little biting and pulling and ask him along the way where he's enjoying it from one to 10 and then give your numbers as well. So I think make this whole uh, thing in exploration, uh, a kiss pleasure mapping. 
and then do a conscious closure and take notes, guys, both what you learned from this, what you enjoy the most, what you want more of. So you, I will also turn it around and learn what he really enjoys instead of he's a bad kisser for me. Uh, but let's find what he enjoys and tap into this and where you can bring that two together. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Let's have some fun. <laughs> let's play. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, baby. This was such an excellent conversation. I enjoyed dropping in with you, getting to know you a little even more. Where can mm. people find you? Yeah, so I have this Polish difficult name <laughs> that you couldn't even pronounce. That's why years ago I gave myself a nickname. That's why it's BBBIBI. And that's why the funny handle on my main social media channel, which is Instagram, Planet BIBI. So you can find me there. And then you can also find my website, energeticlovemaking.com. And I will redirect you to my, uh, my name uh, uh, domain. So two yeah. ways to find me. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so my fun. pleasure. And I hope to see you at another amazing event, running around, <laughs> uh, having fun in, in, in our, you know, uh, little funny creative outfits and being free and wild <laughs> and uh, fully expressed. <laughs> I know no other way. <laughs> no other way. Thank you so much for having me. that was fun thanks for tuning in lovers and if you want to experience more ecstasy and sexual liberation head over to sexlovepsychedelics.com and learn about how you can join me for any one of my online or live events and while you're there grab my free guide on sex and psychedelics remember this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only Please contact your healthcare provider and local law before pursuing any of the products or psychedelics discussed. And one final note here, I make this show specifically for you. If you're loving the show, then be sure to leave me a review in iTunes or Spotify to let me know. Happy to be here and happy to serve. I'll see you next time on Sex Love Psychedelics.